Cold Stove Podcast, coming to you live from Austin, Texas. My name is Brett Merriman, hosting the show today to my not right, to my not left, in front of me on the computer screen, from Parts Unknown, the one and only NHL Rumors Daily, NRD. How are you? Really close to this trade deadline. I'm doing all right. It's a fun day. I think we got a lot of smoke today. It's going to be a fun one. Oh, are you saying there might be a, uh, a is there a fire hazard somewhere? Yeah, it might be a fire hazard. Wow. Okay. We're there. There's officially a. Uh, what's the uh, the thing where meteorologists like to say like conditions are right? You know, it's it, we're, there's a watch yeah. issue. There's not a warning. There's nothing. A, there's nothing happening right this second. But the the conditions are right. How's that sound? It's a watch. I agree. NRD has officially issued a trade watch. What's going on with you though? How's the last week been? It's been good, man. Just. uh well, you have a big week coming up ahead of you. We talked about it on last week, so on last week's show. So uh, you get ready for that. I've been having a good week. Weather's been getting better. Um, and like you said, kind of locking in on trade deadline season. It's a fun one. We absolutely are locking in on trade deadline season right around the corner. But there was a trade. Uh, let's let's comment real quick on my uh, Arturi Lekkinen Award winner of this season, Ryan O'Reilly, traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs. The return there was Adam Gaudet, shouts to the Northeastern Huskies, uh, Abramov, and a first and a second. What do you think of that deal real quick? I think that we're seeing a Ryan O'Reilly who looks much happier. I mean, what he scored? Hattrick, right, with Toronto last night? Oh, I don't know. Who, who, what? Last night? What? No. Well, who did they play last night? Sorry. I don't want to talk about it. 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 Did uh did Ryan O'Reilly play for the team that they played against last night formerly? I mean, like if you if you want to go on hockey reference, I don't have it pulled up. So you don't have it pulled up? No, I don't. Maybe that's something for Cold Stove Intern. Maybe Cold Stove Intern. Yeah, I just up. I don't really have it pulled up. Okay, well, yeah, he did play against the Buffalo Sabres last night, and put up a hat trick. Oh, he okay. looks like he's refreshed. He looks like he's enjoying it there. And I think really, he's the perfect move of the Toronto Maple Leafs, even more so than what Patrick Kane or Timo Meyer could have been. Because I think that depth up the middle is is insane. I mean, when you can roll out, like, if you have to lengthen out that lineup and go Matthews, Tavares, Brian O'Reilly down the middle, and Kerfoot at, at the 4C spot, that's absolutely insane. Um, now they're not doing that right now. O'Reilly's been playing on the wing with Tavares, or they've been interchangeably, you know, on the wing with one another, which is great for firepower. But come playoff time, we're going to need to keep four lines and roll them. Hey, who's competing with that center depth in the National Hockey League? It's tough. I'd argue no one. So you're, are you are, are you throwing Kyle Dubas as like NRD likes to say? Are you throwing him a bone today, NRD? Kyle Dubas. See, <laughs> changes his name up now. We're not gonna call him Kyle Dubas anymore. Uh, I think he did what a GM back. You know, don't put baby in a corner. I think he was in a corner, and I think he did what he had to do. Considering Toronto's still struggling to get out of the first round, considering he still hasn't made the big move. And giving up picks for a rental player, he did. You know, he gave up a first, a second, a third, and a fourth. That's a big haul, plus the two players that you mentioned. For a guy that's going to step in and provide them exactly what veteran leadership and Stanley Cup acumen this Leafs team has been asking for for so long. So I like the move. I, I think it's a good trade by Toronto. You know, is Timo Meyer, is Patrick Kane a sexier name than Ryan O'Reilly? Absolutely. I don't think anybody would tell you differently. But for what has been missing, like they, the Maple Leafs can score. They have Mitch Marner. They have William Nylander. They have Austin Matthews. They have John Tavares. Is Kane helpful? Is Timo Meyer helpful? Absolutely. But that veteran leadership from Ryan O'Reilly and the depth that he provides down the middle, I think is way more intangibly important to that club than a sexy goal scorer on the wing. Totally agree. And and I don't want to forget Noel Achari from this deal either. That's a, that's a guy that perfect depth forward can be the 13th guy, can play if you need him to, can go help guys on the Marlies, you know, like that kind of an up and down sort of player uh, that can, that's, you know, one of those feels like he's got a big playoff goal in him for some reason. He might not play all, you know, 20 something games in the playoffs if they make that run, but he might have a really important game three after sitting game one and two, you know, kind of like that kind of player. What do you think of Noel Chari in this deal? I like Noel Chari, and I'll tell you this, there are a lot of teams that are interested around the National Hockey League in acquiring him something that's like you know it's always funny around trade deadline season you hear things then they start to leak out after the fact so the morning of the ryan o'reilly trade the vegas golden knights thought they had a deal to acquire not only nolachari but pavel buchnevich from the st louis blues as well 
And that would have been Vegas's move, uh, bringing in Buchnevich and Achari to Las Vegas. Uh, but then, obviously, things fall through. O'Reilly and Achari go to Toronto. I think Vegas is back to square one, and we'll touch on them in a little bit. But there were teams out there that were interested in him. I think what he brings, as you just said, in a third, fourth-line role, good player, man. And you need those guys come playoff times. Because, like I said, you need to roll four lines. You can't shorten the bench. Unless you're really down, you know, and you're – fighting out of a 3-1 series hole and you got to score goals to get back like that's one thing sure but you know it helps when you have fresh legs every 45 to a minute in the playoffs and you need all four lines and guys like that are extremely important who have the experience of being there before imagine toronto's up two nothing and you know not two nothing goal wise but two two games to none i should say uh in the first round of the playoffs and you bring a guy like achari in for game three you know hot ready to go chip on his shoulder type of third-line player. I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that. Before we get into the rest of the episode, we're basically breaking down trade deadline stuff. Now that we have some smoke to work with, now that we have some inside stuff to work with, but I want to hear from our friends over at Shopify first. NRD, you familiar with Shopify? Cha-ching. Cha-ching. You know what that means. That's the best kind of notification. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutioning, revolutionizing Excuse me, millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're selling t-shirts, whether you're selling hockey sticks, whether you're selling jerseys, whether you're selling rumors, we talked about that last week, NRD, charging per rumor, how about that? Uh, Shopify's got you covered. Every sales channel from an in-person point of sale system, if you're doing it at the rink, to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, it even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. It's packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth. Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any new skills in design or code. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. NRD, we use Shopify at Washed Media to uh, build our merch department on. You familiar with this? I am. Washedmedia.shop, for those of you out there listening that want to take a look. And we will continue to do so because Shopify makes it easy to sell and just puts it all in one place. Simple, easy fun fast shopify helps you out and gets your business off the ground sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com stove all lowercase go to shopify.com stove to take your business to the next level today shopify.com stove and a team that we thought might be done after they made a trade a couple of weeks ago would appear that may not be the case, and I'm talking about the New York Rangers. What do you know in Rangerland as of right this second? Yeah, you know, Emily Kaplan, friend of the show, friend of the program, Emily Kaplan, uh, mentioned it this morning in her column. You know, there's still a possibility that Patrick Kane ends up with the New York Rangers. Uh, I, I'm not here to say it's a done deal, and we had kind of hit off the cold cold open to the cold stove today of, you know, not a watch, but a war- uh, not a warning, but a watch, rather. Um, but if Patrick Kane goes to Kyle Davidson and the Chicago Blackhawks brass and says, listen, I, I want to be in New York. It's the only place for me and you're going to have to get something for me. So figure it out. Then the New York Rangers is where he's going to end up because Chris Jury, a guy, you know, Patrick Kane's a guy that Chris Jury didn't have a lot of interest in when he was making his Tarasenko move. I think it's, you know, partially because of the hit. I think it's because, you know, his, his play this season, but if he's able to come to New York for crafts off or a bag of pucks or a bag of peanuts, then why not? Why wouldn't you do it for Chris Jury? And I think that's where things stand right now. And I think why that's why you're starting to see the noise pick up a little bit. I don't think Patrick Kane has said to this point, I only want to be in New York. I still think he's soliciting recruiting offers from other teams, whether it's Edmonton or Dallas or Carolina or Las Vegas, who, by the way, Las Vegas, as we're recording this, just acquired Dyson Mayo from the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for Shea Weber's contract. Mm-hmm. So you could retire Shea Weber's number in Arizona right next to, I think, who else is in there? Chris Pronger. There you go. Uh, Pavel Datsuk. Yes. Legends of the Legends Arizona of Coyotes. Legends of the Arizona Coyotes. So, yeah, so Vegas just cleared up some more cap space, getting Weber's contract off of LTIR. It gives them a little bit more LTIR flexibility. So How about uh, Andrew Ladd and Brian Little as well in that in that club? I mean – they would probably win a Stanley Cup in 2009 if it was played today. Coyotes um, in name only, right? Yeah. The um, But Vegas is clearing cap. They're going to make a pitch to uh, Patrick Kane. I just think that there's a possibility, and part of the smoke you're hearing right now is if Kane says, I only want to be in New York. I mean, 
Chicago's hands are tied. They're going to have to work out a deal with the New York Rangers or risk losing him at the end of the season for nothing. Yeah, I think it's just it's it's interesting to to know that one decision by Patrick Kane, whether he has a team he's decided to want to go to this, you know, Elliot kind of mentioned this. What if he just says, I'm going to shut it down this season and get my hip better? By all accounts, a pretty significant injury that you can play through, but it it's not easy. And now he could be sort of the domino, I guess, that not necessarily sets the market because the prices are going to be wonky with him to re- regardless. But I think teams are kind of like there's when, when a, a season with very limited cap space, if you're going to need, you're going to need to save it until Patrick Kane makes a decision. And it's, it's tough. It's tough. But the, the, uh, the golden Knights obviously gearing up for something or at least giving themselves an opportunity for something. And so that's what that's this season, right? The last last week we're saying somebody do something. And then it's it's hurry up and wait and then all of a sudden boom, O'Reilly's traded and now smoke because there's a market and now there's a domino and now there's a a path for stuff. So it I guess it hinges a lot on Patrick Kane and then the defense domino is Chikrin, I was trying to lead you in as I was reading this breaking news on my Twitter timeline. I was going to tell you a defense or Coyotes defenseman has been traded. Oh, Dyson Mayo. That's and the big one gonna, we were all waiting on. say, what? And I said, you're like, where'd Chikrin go? Nope. How about Dyson Mayo? And then immediately signed to, uh, signed, excuse me, to the, I believe, Henderson. Are they the Silver Knights? They are the Silver Knights. How about that? Henderson. How about uh, that? Just really quick on that. And, you know, another friend of the show, Chris Johnson. So just tweeted out, this trade frees up VGK to make a subsequent trade and acquire a player with term. Having Weber at 7.85 for three more seasons on LTIR hinders their flexibility, right? Because LTIR, just for those at home that don't understand it completely, because I don't, yeah, it's not a catch-all. Like, you can't just put everything on LTIR. There's still a limit to what you can put there. So I obviously, as Chris Johnson said, gives them a little flexibility. They could be in the Timo Meyer mix now. Because as guys get injured and Mark Stone's out for the year on LTIR, they can afford him. Maybe they can give him a qualifying offer in the offseason and kick that can down the line further. So I think that gives Vegas a ton of flexibility, as he just said. Well, let me tie a bow on the uh, on the Rangers real quick. Another guy that you're, you know, I, I mentioned a guy, uh, like Noel Chari in, in Toronto. How about a guy like Tyler Mott in New York? Yeah. With a little kind of like a sort of a change of scenery with Julian Gauthier. What did you think of that trade just real quick, and then we'll move on to the sexy names? Brought him back, right? They should have signed him probably to begin with mm-hmm. at the end of the past season, but cap constraints were tough on the New York Rangers. They're going to be tough again on the New York Rangers this offseason, especially if they go out and make some more moves. But Julian Gauthier was not a guy that was providing enough on that fourth line, so they bring in another guy that the organization is very familiar with. Tyler Mott provided so much juice to the New York Rangers lineup during the playoff stretch last year, he was a fan favorite, scored a big goal in game six against Carolina. So he's the type of guy that Gerard Gallant clearly trusts in that role. And you're starting to see Chris Drury try to, you know, some with actual, actually the players that were there last year or some other guys, whether it's trying out Jake LeCision or if they bring in another fourth line or whatnot, he's trying to get the band back together in that fourth line that was really successful for the New York Rangers last year come playoff time with Barkley, Goudreau, Tyler Mott, et al. Yeah, I, I like that, you know, anytime you can get Tyler Tyler Mott and Barkley Goodrow on the same line, I think that's going to be a line that you can, I mean, depend on, right? Like, that is going to be such an important playoff line for them um, if they make it, which all looks good right now, knock on wood, but uh, we'll see there. All right, let's get into the sexy stuff. We talked a little Patrick Kane. Let's talk a little Timo Meyer. Would you say Carolina and New Jersey are sort of head in, head-to-head right now as far as a... Uh, we're in a horse race this one for Timo Meyer services. Yeah, I, I think that there's multiple teams getting involved now that we haven't heard to begin with. New Jersey's still the leader in the clubhouse. There's no secret there. But there's a hang-up, right? Is it Dawson Mercer? Is it Timo Nemec? You know, there there are legitimate hang-ups with New Jersey acquiring Timo Meyer. The price is high. And if it takes a couple of first-round picks and some, 
then you start to see these other teams like the St. Louis's and the Carolinas of the world creeping into the picture. Hell, I even heard heater. Uh, sorry, catch myself here. It's going fast today, Brett. Good. Um, we need you. We, even need, the, we heard, need the wheels spinning. They're going. Uh, even heard a rumor that Philly would potentially be interested. Come on. I just think Philly. Yeah, no, I think Philly's in a position there where they're only trying to make hockey trades. Uh, and not give up a ton of prospects and young assets, which might not mesh with what San Jose is looking for. Mm -hmm. But to your to your come on, I know you're kind of saying that is, you know, provoking thought and provoking discussion here. It makes a lot of sense for a team like Philadelphia too. Team of Myers, 26 years old. He's still an RFA. He's cost controlled. He's team controlled. You know what you have to pay him. You know it's a high qualifying offer, but you know that's what his qualifying offer is. He's going to be under control for next season at least. So. He makes a lot of sense for teams that are on the outside looking in that want to retool or rebuild, because then you can look at it as you're acquiring him for next year, too. He's not a pure rental, especially for a team like Philly, who's going to have the space to keep him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I still don't think you count out a team like Buffalo. I know everybody likes to dunk on the Sabres right now and just say, well, they're not going to do this because this. He, they're going to have the conversation and interest is a whole other world. He's an absolutely, you know, a fantastic player that's not just, like you said, built for this year's playoffs. This is a guy that can grow with an organization that wants to be paid for his services at a market rate and uh, earned it. And so we'll see. I, I think that there are still probably four to five to six even teams that are in this now. Um, and I, I, I would assume you include Vegas in that list, but do you not? You have to include Vegas now. They have the flexibility to do something there. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. We'll see on Timo Meyer. Um, good for him. I'm sure uh, the extension piece of this is always is kind of a holdup in this whole scenario um, because you don't want to trade for a guy without knowing the extensions in place. And to do the gymnastics as far as yeah, the uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh tampering to to sort of dance around the tampering you know takes a little bit of effort but i think we'll see teams do that no problem anyway let's go to a team that probably is now out on the team of meyer sweepstakes and that's the boston bruins gavrikov and columbus looks more like their target um do you have anything on Boston and, and how they kind of make that work? Elliot mentioned in his column today, Craig Smith and Mike Riley might be the guys that uh, succumb to the trade in order to make somebody available for that roster. Yeah, Mike Riley is going to be the guy, as you just mentioned. Craig Smith, another guy that Elliot mentioned. I think that's the hang-up in the Gavrikov deal right here is just moving out enough salary space to bring in Gavrikov. One of the names we mentioned last week on this show was Kevin Hayes. I think the the hindrance there is the same hindrance that we spoke about last week in that it's three more years. Even retained, it's like three and a half, four and a half million if they get 50% retained. Boston does not have enough cap room to even acquire Gabrikov to begin with. So I think that while Hayes might be interested in playing for the Boston Bruins and that Boston Bruins would probably have interest in bringing him and letting him play in a third line center role, it just, they, I think they have too many irons on the fire, as I said last week, to make that deal right now. Because if you go in and acquire Kevin Hayes, there goes all your cap room. And I think they're, no no slight to Kevin Hayes, but I think there are better players for all the Boston Bruins out there this trade deadline season than him right now. And I think maybe it's a deal that gets revisited in the offseason if somehow, you know, Krejci were to retire, but Bergie stays and they still have a chance to run it with this core, then they can fill that position with the Kevin Hayes. I just don't think that deal happens right now. I don't think anybody on the planet Earth, whether you know hockey or not, would be surprised if Kevin Hayes ends up in Boston. Um, let's let's talk about the team that just made a, a trade that is trying to do something. And we mentioned Meyer. We mentioned maybe it's Kane. Does does Vegas have anybody but those two kind of on the radar in your opinion, or is that are, are we clearing out that much cap space? In, you know, in order to make something happen with somebody else, perhaps. I, I think this, if anything, this deal tells me more, not, let me rephrase this again. This deal tells me more about a non-Patrick Kane player than it does about Patrick Kane to Vegas, because this trade, to be clear, 
doesn't clear up room for this season. Is Shea this Weber was on. Shea, he was on LTIR. He was on LTIR. They had that got space. It, got it, got it. So you're this trade is about future. Th- three years worth of LTIR is now cleared. So then they can afford more LTIR space going forward. So, so that to feels me, like that speaks to a player that speaks to a Timo Meyer. That speaks right. to a player with term in, in Vegas. You know, could Patrick Kane still want, could Showtime end up on the strip in Vegas? Absolutely. And what a great fit that would be for Patrick Kane. <laughs> um, I would love to see it. But, you know, I think this trade is more telling about the future prospects of a under contract player going to Vegas than a Patrick Kane. I don't think this deal helps or hurts a rental in any sense. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Um, let's stay in the Western Conference in the Central Division. Actually, they're Vegas is specific, aren't they? Doesn't that feel weird that that I, I equate Vegas in like Texas for some reason? They're not. They're very much not. They're a three-hour flight away that I will be taking tomorrow, NRD. But I'm going to go to Dallas. You need a second-line player to be paired with uh, Tyler Sagan. Tyler Bertuzzi, as Elliot mentioned, no longer available because the Red Wings are hot. Hot and ready. Little Caesars Pizza and the Detroit Red Wings. How about that little quip there, NRD? Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi is not going to be available. What do you do in Dallas if you're them, if you're if you're a team that's always, always, always had struggles scoring with this core? Great goalie, scoring's the issue. What do you do if you're Dallas? If you're Dallas, I think you try to sell Patrick Kane on, on the idea of playing. You know, what is it? Is it still the American Airlines? Oh, yeah. Center? The American it Airlines is. Center. The double A center. I think you sell him on the idea of playing there. I think if that doesn't happen, I think you look at that secondary market. What's out there is that a Pavel Buchnevich? Is it a Ivan Barbashev who could probably was probably a third line player, but could play up? I think a guy with Sagan's talents can elevate a guy like him. Is it a do they go the other route and they find a, a stable two way player that can play there, like a Boone Jenner in Columbus? If Columbus really decides to sell off, I think if you're Dallas, you, your primary focus is improving that middle six. Up front, sure. and I think it. I think it could come from different directions, and and I know it's kind of a non-answer, but I think that they're held up by the fact that they're trying to recruit Patrick Kane right now. If Patrick Kane goes to Dallas, that would be quite the Sagan Kane, just kind of the bad boys of the NHL uh, sort of vibe. Well, that would be interesting. That would certainly be interesting. Let's go west now. The L.A. Kings have been in on uh, with the Jacob Chikrin situation since i think the first second this happened they have some pieces that they can move they're obviously loaded with prospects as they've been terrible over the last few years is there anything about that that doesn't make sense for you or, or is there more for va- or excuse me la that that might also make sense in our i don't know what else makes sense for them right like we know what they need mm-hmm I think is the most important thing. I guess, you know, I, I guess I just don't know what, like, does Chikrin represent a win now, meaning win now next year mentality? Are you, are you the Kings where you're, you're in this kind of playoff spot and you're saying, are we ready to go? It's, it's kind of, they're like the Sabres of the West, right? But to that point, if it costs you Quentin Byfeld, are you giving up a little bit up front to improve the defense, but then you just created a new hole to plug a different one? That's the question that Rob Blake has to answer. Is like, it, I think it does. I like QB. I think QB is a great player. I don't think he's, you know, for, for reasons not under his control, I don't think he's there where we thought he was going to be when he was drafted mm-hmm. at this point. Doesn't mean he still can't get there. But if you take him out of that lineup, do you – do you create a new hole up front as guys like Kopitar and whatnot age out of the NHL? Are you creating a future hole up front at the expense of, you know, plugging a hole on defense? Yeah, you probably are. You probably are. Now, you basically have to trust your system and saying, uh, hey, so-and-so is going to be ready. Who do they, Alex Turcott is ready to go. Sam Fajmo is ready to go. Um, you know, like that that type of player, Brent Clark, Gonna Who's be, not are going we, anywhere? Are we going to double down on defense with Chickering and Clark for a decade? I don't know. Sabres of the West, LA Kings. 
You know a team that would trade for like a, an American Red Cross first aid kit if they could would be the Colorado Avalanche. Obviously, Kel McCarr, concussion protocol. Landis God is coming back, not back yet. They need to get healthy. McKinnon's always banged up, especially now that she's shouldering the load as the way he is. Does Colorado make any moves here, or they they're just desperate for health? Seemed like Jonathan Taze was going to be their move if they made one, and now we know Taze is probably going to retire. Not only not play, mm-hmm. you know, again this season, he's probably going to end up retiring as a Chicago Blackhawk. So if that was their move, maybe do we get a Arturi Lekkinen part de in in Colorado from you know Montreal and Sean Monahan? Could we see that? You know, they've been down that road last year already. So perhaps, but they can use the depth up front clearly for the reasons you just mentioned, you know, McDavid and I'm sorry, McDavid, McKinnon and Landscott getting hurt. But isn't it better to just stay the course and get those guys healthy? I That's just, that you know, in, my, in my opinion, yes. But you look at what Arturi Lekkinen did for that team last year and whether it's a locker room refresh, like a, a bounce, uh, you know, rewarding the guys. And they're they're not tearing the league up by any means, and so does bringing in an Adam Enrique, something like that. As long you know, money money aside, a guy like that or Kevin Hayes, right? Like these guys that the whole league would be pumped if they want to ship kind of guys, and they're going to be locker room immediate fits, storytellers, joking guy, you know, whatever that clue guy is that wants to win a cup that has a manageable enough cap hit to do so. Arturi Lekin had filled a little bit more of a role than that last year, in my opinion, than just a, a good guy. Kevin Hayes, Patty Maroon, good guy type of type of glue guy. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I think uh, I think they make I bet you they make a depth move. If the Montreal Canadiens didn't exist in the National Hockey League, I know what a hypothetical that it's a great sentence <laughs> when you start that out with that hypothetical. If they didn't exist in the National Hockey League, I don't think there'd be a better fit for Pierre Luc Dubois next offseason than the Colorado Avalanche mm. to be a more skilled Nazem Kadri in that second line center role. I like that. I like that. I just bit. don't think no. it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I think PLD is kind of slotted in for the Montreal Canadiens. And I think that's mm. part of, if you want to talk Winnipeg really quick, that's their trepidation to go out and make moves is the fact that, you know, there's a good chance they lose PLD next season. There's yeah. a good chance that. Nikolai Eulers, who only has two years left on his deal, leaves the following season, or Mark Shifley with a year left. So this is this is their chance to sell these guys on the fact that you can win in Winnipeg, no pun intended. And, and if not, you know, PLD could be gone to Montreal. I'm just saying, if he were to move on from Winnipeg and Montreal didn't exist, I think Colorado would be a perfect fit for him. I just don't see it likely. Interesting. That's uh, the official. We'll keep an eye on that one. Mm-hmm. Tad from Cold Stove. Let's go north of the border where you just were next to Winnipeg. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers are the team that I will never not bet on because they have the best player and uh, perhaps players in the world. Uh, Connor McDavid gets 800 points, the fifth fastest player to do so. NRD, Edmonton is always going to be a team that we're just like, when are they going to make it? And I don't even mean the the win the Stanley Cup. When are they going to be in the Stanley Cup final? When are they going to dominate a Western Conference final? Are they going to dominate a Western Conference final? Patrick, excuse me, Evander Kane, a little banged up now. Always going to be questions in net, even though Skinner's playing well. Where are you with Edmonton? You know, how perfect would it be if they could acquire Eric Carlson? It's just not going to happen. Patrick Kane, he's a guy that Edmonton's trying to sell. Elliot mentioned it this morning in 32. The Kane and Kane show, Kane squared, Evander and Patrick <laughs> playing on the same line. You know, they're a team that we saw it last year. They can get there just on the back of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. The problem is, is they ran into arguably the, the best roster constructed Stanley Cup champion in the last decade in the Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. So if they got, let me, let me pose this question to not only you, but the cold stove faithful out there listening if they could get there again and they don't run into a juggernaut like the Colorado Avalanche, do they win that series? Say they're in an evenly matched series in the Western Conference Finals. Is Connor McDavid enough to put him over the edge? 
bring I'm gonna, Stanley yeah, Cup. I'm going to say yes because Connor McDavid yeah. can win you. Like he he's going to win you one game, maybe two per series, and maybe that series is the maybe two. So I'll say yes. How about I yeah, got tra- I got a trade for you, not that one that happened, but I, I a uh, a hockey trade, a change of scenery trade, for Jesse Pugliarvi, for Jordan Greenway in Minnesota. Yeah, which by the way. Speaking of Minnesota, and we can let me react to this first, and then I got one of Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, I like that deal. Jordan Greenway can provide a little grit, provide a little edge to the to that lineup in Edmonton. I think he'd be comfortable there. And Pooley Arvey, I mean, we said this last week. I don't understand the hype around Pooley Arvey, who's done very minimal in the National Hockey League. I think it's a true senior change of scenery trade for guys in very similar situations. And literally the same salary, three million dollars. Matches up evenly. I don't know what the finance, like the actual salary is, but $3 million cap hit. Uh, and then Pugliarvi is an RFA after this season. Greenway, you have for two more years before he is a UFA. So both, you know, an RFA free agent's worth, what, maybe one and a half years of UFA if you're kind of looking at it like that. So I think that's a pretty even trade. I don't know if it happens, but that, that, I'm just helping out uh, Bill Guerin over there. Maybe that, maybe that works out for him. Change the scenery. Let's go to... Obviously, uh, my favorite team, the Buffalo Sabres. Tough night last night. Don't want to talk about it. They looked like a playoff team on the road, and they looked like the Buffalo Sabres of 2014 at home. I can't explain it, NRD. Why is the team so bad at home? Do the fans just not uh, – is it the fan environment? Like, do they, you have a, basically a, a home game for the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. Well, I heard – I saw some tweets that were like – Downtown was filled with Toronto Maple Leafs fans. And that always, always, always happens. What a rivalry that should be contested more than twice a year. Well, maybe next year they fix that Ugh. scheduling. Anyway, Timo Meyer still in the match. I'll say this. I don't know the interest level, but in the mix is a good way to put it. Players want something done now. Shouts to Lance Lysowski of the Buffalo News who reported that. Like, like there, there is... Stuff that you want done as like, you know, the reward aspect gets thrown around a lot to the guys in the the locker room. Elliot mentioned it too. I just don't, I I think Kevin Adams is terrified to to do something to the chemistry of this team that has showed it is coming along. And I went, why wouldn't you be? And I mentioned this in a tweet I had the other day, like they're scared to try to take the next step because what if it doesn't work? Then this core you've built is like, oh shit, we don't know. So, you know where I stand on that. I, I think it's one of my going down swinging takes of this show for two years now. I think you reward a hot team when they're hot. I think you go for it. I think it does more for the guys in the locker room. Yeah. You have, listen, you have to, it's going to sound very old manish for me, but you have to fail to succeed. I think you need the experience of getting there and failing to then come back and come back better and learn what it takes to get to that point. So, while I, while I think there's definitely an argument to be made for your side of it and or Kevin Adams side, I don't I'm not sure which side you're kind of attacking it from, but like I think there's an argument to be made to that side of scared if it doesn't work out, what happens? I'm sitting here saying it shouldn't happen right away, but give those guys, give the Peyton Krebs, give the you know Tage Thompsons, give all those guys in that locker room, the non-Kyle Oposo Alex Tucks, an opportunity to get there see what it's like we lost in the first round guess what we know what it takes to be a playoff team and a playoff winner come back next year you have that guy that you acquired because it's not going to be a pure rental it's going to be a hockey trade you have that guy to add to that core next year maybe you make a move or two in the offseason and tweak some things and now you're playing with fire going into the 2023-2024 season brock besser please and thank you well, he's trying. He so the thing I mentioned on Minnesota, Michael Russo of the Athletic, one of the best in the game when it comes to this kind of stuff, mentions that Brock Besser is trying to force his way to Minnesota, which makes uh, that's his hometown. If I'm if I'm it not is. mistaken, okay. he's from Minnesota, so he's trying to force his way to Minnesota. We'll see if that happens. He's like I said, very yeah, he's written, he's covered the Wild for years and years and years. I think he's off that beat because the Athletic's a shit show. They don't know what they're doing. But uh, he's covered Minnesota for the Athletic for years, and he was back on that to to share that story. Well, let, and let's stay on in Canucks land then. So, you would imagine Besser gets traded. You would imagine uh, Luke Shen 
who I think has been attached to every team in the league that needs a defenseman. Do you have a next move idea there? Is, is JT Miller even a conversation people are having uh, at this time? It is because I think the no movement clause kicks in. And I think it's a conversation that Vancouver's have having. The problem is, is do you have the right people in that front office and Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin to admit that they were wrong and move JT Miller before that no trade clause kicks in? I don't know. Do GMs, do guys like Jim Rutherford like admitting their mistakes? I don't think so. No. The, so I, Generally, so the I older think, the dinosaur, the less uh, willing they are. So I think, honestly, they're their own worst enemy in, in uh, Vancouver. Is that, do they want to admit that handing all that cash over to JT Miller wasn't the right move? Ship him out. I think it'd be better for them in the long run. But Ego plays a big part in this. Yeah, so does the contract. Tough, tough one to move in a flat. Tough cap, one right? to move. Yeah, um, I I got a team for you that I'm sort of intrigued by, and they don't win my most interesting team of the deadline award. I will uh, announce that later on. But the Washington Capitals, they don't have good. Uh, what do they call it? They don't have good math, as the guys up north like to say. They don't have good math. They've lost five in a row, and they are in danger of missing the playoffs. And by, you know, could be by a lot, given the teams that have games in hand. Do you think the Capitals are sort of due for a blow up? And and how do you handle that with a guy like Ovechkin? You can't. Uh, so, what's the owner's name? I'm drawing a blank on the owner's name right now. Uh, it's not not Lewicki. Hold on, Capitals owner. Leonsis. I knew it was an L, like Lee something. Yeah. Yeah. So he had committed to, as long as Ovechkin's chasing this record, he's not going to blow it up. He's not going to approve any sort of, you know, rebuild. If Dimitri, how does Ovechkin feel if Dimitri Orlov gets traded? Because he's a guy that's been thrown around there. Close buddy of Ovechkin's, that Russian connection there in Washington. So you cannot blow it up. But if you start to move out pieces, what does that say to that, you know, to that statement that we're not going to rebuild or we're still going to continue to chase because I think Ovechkin could still play and he could still carry a franchise. I mean, shit, if he puts up 50 goals a year, it's hard to believe he can't carry a team into a wild card berth. Maybe tougher in the East than the West with how the East is built, but still, he can carry a team there. So if you're committing to the words of your owner that you're not going to blow this up, then you're kind of stuck in no man's land. I liken it to like the the Minnesota Wild of the early 2010s where they had Bruce and Suter. And it's just like they kept pole. chasing off. They kept chasing after something that's just not going to happen. They don't have the right core, and they don't have which. The only difference, by the way, the only difference between the two teams, those two franchises, is Washington won a Stanley Cup five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. So they were able to make it happen. Minnesota never did, but I think now this uh, this Washington core, you know, you're just going to end up chasing after something that's not going to happen with the core guys you have, and you don't have enough money or enough asset to go out and acquire the guys that do make it happen because they made that big trade for anthony mantha they made those big trades so you made your moves last year to set yourself up for that in the year prior it didn't happen again now you're kind of stuck if you're washington and and you so there has to be a decision made in the next 10 days right we have 10 days ish till the trade deadline there has to make they have zero defensemen Outside John Carlson on the roster next season, if the season ended today, two RFAs, but nobody under contract outside of John Carlson. They have one, two, three, four, five pending uh, pending UFAs on up front. Not even including Connor Brent. Like so, that you if they're going to to call it a year, they need to do it now or in the next ten days. And they need to get pieces. So if you're Washington and like this horse isn't going to get you across the finish line, why not? Because I would be basically panicking and, and not panicking, but just saying, hey, fans, this, is, this ain't the year. We gave it a run. We got almost there. It's not the year. But we need to save our future like now. Mm. And so let's get stuff. Let's get pieces for these guys. No problem with that is you have a guy who is trying to chase down Wayne Gretzky's illustrious goal record. Sure. Sure. 
And that's and he needs players to play with, and you can get assets for some, but others you're not going to be able to get assets for. Case in point, Nick Backstrom when he retires. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to be able to get assets. You're not moving in Nick Backstrom. But what happens when he retires? Maybe then you can retool up because now you have some cap space. Even so, though, it's tough. It's really tough for them because, like I said, they it seems like they're stuck right now. They tried to make those moves a couple of years ago for you know the year, you know the year prior and last year. It didn't work. Now they don't have enough in the asset pool, in my opinion, to go out and compete with like the St. Louis's and the New Jersey's of the world for a Timo Meyer or for a Patty Kane. I, I just don't see a world where they're able to compete, you know, in an arms race for those teams. I don't think they have enough. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I just I think yeah, if you're if you know it's over, it's over. Let's let's get to to shopping, uh, selling. I should say maybe on Shopify. How about that? Uh, a team who feels like the retool is not not imminent is the wrong word like complete is the wrong word but a team that has certainly been moving assets the last couple of days and that's the St. Louis Blues we're not necessarily blowing it up but they do have three first round picks is that going to be cashed in for players or is that going to be cashed in for prospects you think cashed in for players they are very much in the hunt for Timo Meyer, Frank Saravalli reported that yesterday, as we're recording this yesterday, Tuesday. They are very much in the hunt for Timo Meyer. Why wouldn't you be? This is a real opportunity now because they were able to get enough back for Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly where they can retool on the fly. I doubted the St. Louis Blues. I doubted Doug Armstrong a couple of weeks ago when he made that first move. But now looking at what they've stockpiled together, they can make those moves on the fly. And Timo Meyer, again, a guy that we talked about for how many teams now in this episode, cost controlled. You know what you have to pay him next year. He's 26 years old. He makes perfect sense on the wing with Jordan Cairo in that front line in St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely makes sense. But it's and and then it becomes like, yeah, you know, Tarasenko goes out and O'Reilly's out. Maybe he comes back. Right. Maybe that's sort of uh, a summer thing that that I really never think happens, even though it's talked about all the time. The closest guy was Claude Giroux. Yeah, right. Last it, year. Exactly. And then, I don't know. I guess we'll see. But it's an interesting team coming off a Stanley Cup, you know, very recently, I guess. Maybe maybe now it's three three years or whatever it was, so it doesn't feel as immediate. But an interesting team to watch. But not my most interesting NRD. That's still to come. I want to look at the Senators. They told their fans that we're still in this. And I guess they are. Try to keep fans they are. try to keep fans in the building, try to keep that sale price perhaps on the up and up, the stock if you will. So uh, if you're the senators are you competing in name only? Are you making moves to to support that argument? I think you're I think you're competing in name only. They're not going to sell off. Why would you? I think they have a good core. I think they can get better as the years go on. But there's no reason to add right now. I think you can just play the game of, well, we're still competing. Like you said, keep the sales price up, keep the people, keep the asses in the seats. And at the same time, have a shot because the New York Islanders, a team that's in the first wild card spot right now in the East. I think Ottawa's like four or five points back, but the Islanders have six more games than any of those teams, whether it's, you know, Detroit, Buffalo, the uh, Pittsburgh, um, Ottawa. So all these teams have tons of games in hand on the rabbit they're chasing right now. I think there's a good shot Ottawa can stay the course and, you know, puck luck, things bounce their way. Maybe a guy gets hurt, you know, knock on wood. I don't wish for injury. I don't think they would either, but maybe a guy gets hurt in Pittsburgh or a guy gets hurt in Detroit. Now, Ottawa has a chance to go seize this thing. doesn't make sense to give up the assets that you have. I think you'd want to keep that flexibility. If perhaps a Timo Meyer doesn't get traded and he's available in this offseason, or a Brock Besser for that matter, or any of the names that potentially come available, you know, at the draft, but why would why not tell your friends that you still have a chance when mathematically you very much have a chance and things could bounce your way. They're not so far out of it at this point where a couple of puck luck bounces and the outer centers in the playoffs. Yeah. And and obviously there's the outside the ice, outside the rink stuff, you know, from a good standpoint and a bad standpoint. So we'll see if the Ryan Reynolds conglomerate ends up uh stopping in Ottawa. Now the two, uh, I'll put the put it this way: the two most interesting teams to my to me 
at the deadline because you feel like they will be active based on where they are in the standings and how many pieces they have. And that is the Blue Jackets of Columbus and the Ducks of Anaheim. NRD, it looks like the Blue Jackets. Gavrikov's out the door. Not yet, but it looks like that. Corpusalo, another name. Nyquist, another name Elliot mentions. And then finally, my Arturi Lechtinen runner-up from podcasts prior. Elliot mentions uh, Boone Jenner. Now, those four players, who do you think is the most interesting trade to make? And who uh, who ends up going the farthest come June? Out of who? Vladislav Gavrikov, Yunus Corpusalo, Gustav Nyquist, or Boone Jenner? If Gustav Nyquist gets traded, I think he goes the furthest. Ooh, okay. And I'll tell you why. I think he is the primo asset for a team that has no cap space. If you want to add a player that can contribute, he, in fact, so your Octavio Lekkonen award of the year goes to uh, Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly received it, yeah, but uh, Boone Jenner gets the runner-up. He also mm-hmm. also received first, first place votes. Mike Tomas Vanek of the year award goes wow. to Gustav Nyquist. Interesting. Okay. I think if he's moved because he's on LTIR to the playoffs, yep. I think if he's moved, you literally there's not a single team in the National Hockey League that couldn't acquire. You know, roster space is one thing, but monetarily, there's not a single team that can't acquire Gustav Nyquist right now. I think he's a great asset to pick up. It's an interesting And anybody I mean, can do it. Same with Patrick Kane. Somebody, some team just tells him to shut it down, LTIR it. I mean, can you go over the cap for like nine minutes before you put it, kept Patrick Kane on LTIR? Nine minutes. Yeah, there's that- a 10-minute grace period. Five-second rule. <laughs> right. Five-second rule with the salary cap. Yep. Exactly. And then finally, the Anaheim Ducks, I think, have pieces. You know, they, they have goalies. They have Comtois and Klingberg and Henrique. What, before I just keep naming their entire roster, what do you see out there in Anaheim? And when do you think they're kind of ready to go? I think they're ready when Connor Bedard uh, is wearing number 98 for the Anaheim Ducks next year. Wouldn't that be fun? In, by the way, rumor has it, and very good friend of Watch Media and the show, Pete Blackburn, threw a little gasoline on this fire the other day. Rumor has it they're going back to a new futuristic colorized version of the Mighty Ducks jerseys. Ooh, interesting. Okay. So Pete tweeted that out, and uh, if they do, and you bring back Wild Wing on the front of the jerseys. Wow. Connor Bedard, number 98, wearing those with Trevor Zegras and Mason McTavish and Jamie Drysdale. And it doesn't matter who the hell you put in that because they're going to score a shit ton of goals next year. Well, they have Lucas Dostal, who looks like a, a number one. You, now you can give up Gibson or Stellars, no problem. That team uh, might be cooking with gas sooner than we think. I, I I said it last year. I'm like, this team is too They fun. could honestly, they could be a more talented version of Seattle, who all it took was Matty Beniers to invigorate that team. Anaheim's there. Maybe Connor Bedard steps in, and now they're playing with fire. You light the fire. Also, man, I I still like Match Comtois. I still, I'm like, man, he had some Buffalo smoke last year. He's an RFA after this year. He gets benched and beaten and... He's, he just hasn't shown up, but like, there's something in me. Like, why, why can't I give up on Comtois? Uh, maybe it's the name. It's, not, it's a cool name. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Um, NRD. That's gonna do it on the trade front. My question for you is: of all the stuff we mentioned, and of all the hours in your day, where are you putting your attention right now? Like, what's got what's keeping NRD up at night on the on the Twitter sphere and the DMs? on the phones, like who are you talking to and and where is this where we're like where is smoke in RD's mind? Right now, Patrick Kane. You know, the best question I get asked every year is who's one name that you haven't heard of come up yet that could be traded at the deadline? Well, if I haven't heard the name come up yet, then how would I know who that is? So I don't think it's worth it wasting your time trying to chase down the secret name. Because deals happen, right? And there's a lot of deals that, you know, I don't even have a shot to hear before they go down. And Elliot has it or, you know, Dregs or, you know, Saravalli have it. So my focus right now is on Patrick Cade. I think there's a lot of teams that are vying for his services. I still think that there's – I think it's like the Claude Giroux situation. I think we're at a place last year where he – right now he only wants to end up in New York. Maybe other teams are trying to get involved here. But if it's one team only and it's one team and that team is the New York Rangers, then Chicago is going to have a big problem on their hands to, you know – they're going to have a big negotiating problem on their hands. I'll leave it at that. Sure will. 
Last thing before we get out of here, have you seen the NHL Street tweet? NHL Street coming out, a league that is focused uh, between 6 and 16 years of age, basically getting people that don't have a rank to uh, a, a get to or want an easier way to play hockey. NHL Street going to be there for them. What do you think of that? I think it's fun. Didn't they do this back in the day? I think, NHL Street? I don't know if this it was, was called thing. NHL Street, but I think kind of the, the ball hockey. There was like an NHL sanctioned ball hockey. Right. I, yes, there was. Exactly. Yeah. It, I think they said Franklin is the presenting sponsor. Sponsor yeah. should have been Milik. Oh, Milik is the OG. The OG. The now, but, oh man, we used to abuse those Milik, the plastic poles, and you just snap them like with shots. How about the shin pads? Oh, yeah. The, the Milex shin pads. I yeah. was a street hockey goalie and a pretty damn good one, NRD. I was, because I just, I hated running around and getting hit with a stick. And I would, if we were playing roller hockey, that'd be one thing. I'd go mm-hmm. play forward like I always do. But if I'm playing street hockey, I'm a sick goalie. How about making that the all star game next year, NHL Street? Ooh. I don't know if guys, well, I, I don't know if guys, the NHL all star game is, is like headed like the pro. Let me Bowl take that back. Let me take that back. The NHL All-Star game is in Toronto next year. Let's not run it in February in the street. Ugh. Let's bring it to like LA or somewhere warm. And then in 2025, we'll run the uh, NHL street, NHL All-Star game. Make every All-Star game that's in season. So Pro Bowl, NBA, and NHL, make it a golf tournament. Mm-hmm. You get teams of three and the fourth guy is in, as a celebrity. You make it the all-star. If you're an all-star, you get to go to L.A. or San Diego or Las Vegas or you name it, and you are an all-star. For the three leagues, you play in a golf tournament and you get a celebrity on your team. How about that? I'm down. Perfect. I love that idea. That's going to do it for the Cold Stove Podcast today. NRD, thank you for hopping on. Big couple days coming up. We'll be on, uh, if need be, I will be in Vegas this week. So if anything really breaks, we'll have to go to it. Twitter space or something like that. But see you next week. Things might break in Vegas. There you go. Things might break so, in Vegas. We'll see. Might be correspondent on the ground. <laughs> boots on the ground. Shout to Petrov. Boots shouts, on the ground. Shout to Petrov. Where can the people find you, NRD? At NHL Rumors Daily on Twitter. I'm not leaving. Never have. Never will. Although it's, it's increasingly harder, I will admit, day by day mm, okay. to, uh, to do this Twitter thing. But maybe we'll, uh, we'll have other options for you. But right now, we're not leaving Twitter. We ain't leaving. I'm Schmerman at Schmerman on Twitter and Instagram. We are Cold Stove Pod at Cold Stove Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll see you guys next week. Trade deadline coming up. See you.